following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Missouri or Kansas? Chiefs fans, does it really matter as long as the Chiefs are still in Kansas City? Kansas. To settle, to, to finally get one over on those Missouriites. You know what I'm saying? Our Chiefs belong in Kansas, man. Come on. Enough with the state of misery. I know. And it's always that same thing. It's like when people talk about Kansas City and where the, the, the stadium is, it's five seconds from the Kansas border. They go, it's in Missouri, though. You know that line on each state that shows the border? That's where the stadium basically is on, in the line. Of the, the border. So, yeah, bring it over to the Kansas They're called side. Missouriites. A Missourians. Missourians? Missourians. More like Missouridiots. Oh. Misery sufferers. Hot take. Woo-hoo. We need a hot take alert sounder. Whoop, whoop. Wow. Misery sufferers. Hmm. Or maybe a troglodytes would be a better term. Hey, they're the ones that came over here to try to mess with our voting rights. That's right. And guess what? They got smacked up. Isn't that right, Troy? It was our voting rights. Like, they were trying to talk us into voting to become a slave state. Less yes. talk and more uh, uh, overpower the people of Kansas. Right, yeah. Burning down cities. Uh, but they didn't get it done. We need you to be a slave state. Uh-huh. We said no way, pal. That almost made me cough. All right. <laughs> I do want to get a couple announcements in. By the way, welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner along with Troy Coverdale. David G. Big Steve is with us across the glass. Hail, hell, the gang's all here. There is a couple announcements I wanted to make real quick. Uh, one of them is Jareem Dowling has been officially named as an assistant under drum tank for K-Statement's basketball. Yep. That is something we have been talking about here for uh, a few days now coming off of Thursday and Friday and and yesterday, but he has now been officially named. Now, when it comes to Yurik Malagy, we haven't heard an official announcement yet. It will come at some point, but I think, I I mean, there's no doubt about it. Jareem Dowling has been definitely out there on social media letting everybody know he is now on the K-State basketball staff. He's a new assistant that comes from uh, North Texas. He was with... uh, uh, Oh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Help me out. McCaslin. McCaslin. Uh, Grant McCaslin. Grant McCaslin. I blanked on it for a second. But with him for six years, uh, part of it was at Arkansas State. Another part of it was at um, North Texas. But they did some really great things together. In 16 years of coaching, Dowling averages 23 years, uh, 23 wins a year Whoa. Uh, per season. So that's, that's excellent numbers. Uh, but um, he was known for his recruiting at North Texas, mm-hmm. and now he's uh, – now he's here in Manhattan. He's not actually here in Manhattan right now. I believe somewhere uh, recruiting somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, I don't know where that's at, but somebody go check his Instagram account. But he loves <laughs> to post those stories. As a matter of fact, that's how we found out that some new coaches were on their way to Manhattan. That's because he put it on his Instagram story. Yurik Malagy was one of them on that private plane coming from Manhattan back from Texas after dropping off the family of Jerome Tang back in Waco, Texas. Ooh-wee. So uh, welcome to Manhattan officially, uh, Jareem Dowling. We'll get to know you more as we uh, get to know the whole new men's basketball program of K-State now as we move on towards the new season. Now another announcement I wanted to make was about Mark Smith. 
I didn't personally make it. As a matter of fact, I'll give the credit to Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagles as he announced uh, that uh, he has heard that K-State guard Mark Smith will play in the Reese's Division One College All-Star Game in the Big Easy, New Orleans, Louisiana, on Friday at 3.30. The full roster yet to be announced by the folks surrounding the All-Star Game. It's not been posted on their uh, site just yet, but uh, Kellis getting on top of things and having that uh, note already in place. That's that's always a fun event, that and the slam dunk contest and the three-point shooting contest. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember Lori Kane was in the three-point shooting contest one year, yeah. a number of years ago. Well, it was not that long ago, Kindred Wiesman of K-State won the all-around three-point shooting mm-hmm. contest yep. w- b- between the women and the men. Whoa. And she won the whole thing. Wow. That's she got, cool. She got a lot of attention after that as well. Like yeah. she got a lot, did a lot of media afterwards. Like she she had her trophies and everything. Hey, it was really cool. They called a press conference just for her winning these, this three point contest. It was a good time, and all she's right. she's super cool. I remember all too well the uh, and I've shown you the the footage of the slam dunk of my guy Jordan Davis at Northern Colorado in the Montana tournament game oh, yeah, a number yeah, of yeah. years back. He landed in the uh, in the dunk contest because of that and wow. finished second. They and, were like, "Who's this guy, Northern yeah, Colorado yeah, who's, dunk?" Exactly, and then wound up finishing second. So <laughs> that's that was awesome. Good. Um, why you got to give Kellis credit? I mean, because that's the first place I saw it. So yeah, I gave him but, credit. I know, but it's like he's a, he's been the KCB writer. <laughs> he's had plenty of things that we've given him credit for. One every once in a while, why don't you sneak one in there? The next time I read something that he says, I'm taking credit for it. I'm gonna go, hey man, I've just found out, and I'm gonna drop the news. He doesn't need any more credit. Are we? Are we working? Come on! on? Well, you, we, I mean, we just found out DG does not want to be a respected member of our media. <laughs> I, I was wondering if we're working on putting together an under ticket here for uh, WrestleMania this weekend. If if Ooh, Robinette versus DG, <laughs> KB versus DG, David G, David G, the Joe Pesci of K State Media. Yes. Doesn't care what anybody thinks. He'll do what he wants. I'm crazy. See, I'm crazy like that. I'll come back and I'll beat you again. Wow. I can't wait. Kellis doesn't need any more. Come on. And you're his buddy. You guys are like pals. So We eh. did sit next to each other at the Drum Tank Breast Conference. Oh, my God. So take credit. That was uh, Mitch Fortner on that breaking news. Man, Dave Mitch G Hill. over here just reeking of plagiarism. Come on. <laughs> no, that's not plagiarism. I don't no, think we can get sued for it. Uh, maybe we could. I don't know. But it's not like... Look that up, it is Big Steve. Steve. I don't know if he whatever, got like, Whatever he posts is copywritten, though. Well, so like that's Troy copyright said, he could just... He, he probably knew what time it, the rosters were coming out, so he maybe. checked it out. And, hey, know, and maybe Mark Smith's my friend. I'm just giving him credit for being on top of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's something I would have seeked out. I just, I'm one of those people... I just let the news come to me. Sure, sure. And I'm that's those, what, it's, it's too easy. Right. I do the same thing, and then I take credit for it. I go, hey, did you hear about this? I love being that guy. Well, mm. then if I start taking credit for things, that means I got to work harder and tweet more. <laughs> yeah, and you know. retweet a whole bunch of. Stuff. I got to be on my yeah. phone a lot more. Oh. I want to relax at night. Yeah, and just yeah. enjoy my life. Yeah, I hear that. Troy, anything? <laughs> no, I'm just going to let let it go. You guys want to talk <laughs> Chiefs? Dave, Dave G's yeah. next, next going to be reporting exclusively on on Will Smith uh, apologizing to. <laughs> so, 
I, 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 you want to get your uh, two cents in on that? Who's <laughs> I, in the wrong? Absolutely. Who's in the wrong? Will Smith or Chris Rock? Will Smith. Man, I think it's probably a stand-up comic's worst fear. Somebody coming up to like uh, assault them for something they said. Um, this is off. This is all about things internally that Will Smith is having to deal with. The last three years, he's been emasculated for three years now. Because of the reports of like what Jada and him do behind closed doors, his wife cheating on him. Oh, and be, like being very open about well, it. Well, yeah, che- cheating would be the wrong phrase if it's an open marriage, right? Oh, is that what it is? It is. Did not yeah, know that. It is. I okay. didn't know that either, and it's like I didn't want to know that, either. right? But yeah, it, yeah, I it will. It, it was wrong for many, many, many reasons. It was just not not a good look, man. And I love Will Smith, dude. I really think he's cool, and I just I mm. I, I I lean your way with Chris Rock because he was up there doing what he was asked to do. That's what he is expected to do. And I don't know, was this at the beginning of the show where he's up there cracking jokes? But he's supposed to go up there and crack jokes. Yeah. And as a stand-up comedian, poke fun at the people there because we saw what Ricky Gervais did for many years at the Golden Globes and it got so much attention Mm -hmm. and he was asked to come back so many times because it got a lot of attention. He was really good that in some way set a standard for future hosts because who all hosts these things now? It's comedians, people that are funny. Right. Well, and it's been that way. Johnny Carson hosted for a number of years. Uh, David Letterman has hosted. In fact, we we had the had the uh, clip this morning of Letterman addressing it via video. Oh, really? Which I, was interesting. Yeah, it, Dave being Dave as his usual. Uma, Oprah, 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 <laughs> Uma. Anyway, um, oh, you know, so <laughs> it, it's, oh, I, that's a Letterman laugh. <laughs> yeah, just the tie. So. <laughs> You know the, the 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 fact that comedians uh, have hosted this for years is is nothing new. It's just a matter of yeah, Will uh, was uh, was on something. Yeah, I, and I think it would have been funnier and more like if he would have just been like, "Hey, move it along." I think that would have been hilarious, and I think Chris Rock would have been like, "Okay, okay, hey, okay." And if he would have just done something like that, it would have been also. It may, it gave me a look into the reality of the Oscars and these shows. Um, everybody that talked about it afterwards was like, "Hey, tonight is a was a big moment in Will's career. Finally got it." Um, this was they were all talking to him before he won his Oscar. Mm-hmm. Like they all, everybody knew. It's like the open secret: Will's going to win. They did put him front and center, so mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. But it's like one of those things, like when you see people go up and they're like, oh my God, I totally didn't know. Do they totally not know? Or do they know way beforehand, you won, you lost? I think it dep- it's dependent on how you get that judgment of the voters uh, in terms of just a, an internal feeling. Right. I, like, I think that, you know, it gets rumored. Right. And they're like, okay, Will, let's go ahead and give him in his moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Let's allow her to trip and fall gracefully up the stairs. That would be a good TV moment. <laughs> pan in, camera two. Pan in, camera two. So what's really funny is most of those award shows, all that's decided at least a week in advance. Yeah, so I most mean, of the winners already know they won. Right, that's what I'm saying. Before it's they like, even get there. Sometimes, though, the, you catch the Oscars and somebody goes, Oh, my God, I didn't know. Well, I, I don't even know who to thank. Um, I want to thank the rest it's of the It's all ca- for the camera. That's cr- this is See, oh, I hate that. I, I don't know if I'm the biggest believer of the – 
the winners know of in yeah, advance. I'm, I'm no, not, there was like a whole study done. It's it's like well known fact at this point. Is it? Yeah. Wow. I don't know about that. I, I'll do I my research. I'll, I'll let Big Steve's uh, words stand for now. I'll have to do my research later. I do want to get in some Chiefs here. Yeah, we got to Because I know later on in the show, Troy, you guys are going to talk about the new overtime rules, I guess, that the <laughs> NFL has decided on, which are just oh. – it, it sounds more confusing than oh. ever. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, but uh, I, I do want to talk about – <laughs> the the tweet that has gotten a ton of traction has received a ton of traction gotten has got there's my there's my uh clay center uh, <laughs> education there gotten gotten a lot of uh, traction but uh, uh, Kev, uh Kevin Clark from Slow News Day and and uh, Ringer NFL show he has over 100,000 followers on Twitter he he probably gets uh, a a lot of attention especially when news is breaking out of Florida and this is where it does come from it's with Chiefs president Mark Donovan Donovan and he was asked this morning about potential news, uh, new stadium options, and he said that he, they have considered options in the state of Kansas. Uh, they like Arrowhead and Legacy of Lamar Hunt Stadium, but have been pitched by Kansas developers on a bunch of options, something to watch. That is a word-for-word tweet from uh, Kevin Clark earlier today. So obviously it has sparked the debate You know when – the Truman Sports Complex and with the Chiefs, that whole thing does wrap up in, in 2031. Their lease wraps up in 2031. Does, does the Chiefs move on? Do the Royals move on? That's a topic that's been talked about for a decade, it feels like now at this point, about moving out of Arrowhead Stadium and on to somewhere else. Uh, I, I do like that idea of the Royals moving on and doing something downtown Kansas City by Legends or somewhere in the vicinity. Oh. I think that would be a better fit for the Royals. For Kansas City, it is a little bit of a different topic because I don't think it's as important to have like that whole entertainment area around your NFL stadium. I mean, the NFL does a, a great job on its own of drawing, especially when you're successful in winning games like Kansas City is right now. However, Kansas City, the Chiefs rather, they are not going to be good forever. I mean, 2031, Patrick Mahomes not, might not be your guy anymore Right by that time. Uh, So the Chiefs have a lot to think about. Now, where I feel is best-case scenario for Kansas City is if they were to stay in the Truman Sports Complex, the Royals leave, and they can use that extra space to develop something. I don't know if – they need more hotels around that area. There's three. There's three hotels around Arrowhead Stadium. Brutal. There is nothing around Arrowhead. It is a terrible location. There, I think it's Raytown. Is it Raytown, Missouri is where it's officially at? Something like that? Yeah. It's in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in a bad place. There's nothing around it. It is the worst. It's the worst experience I've ever had with parking, oh, man. getting into the stadium, the whole operation, exiting, exiting is- and getting in is the absolute worst I've Oof. ever experienced other than exiting AT&T Stadium. <laughs> that is the worst, but Arrowhead Stadium is second worst. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. The, the whole operation is bad, but Arrowhead Stadium will not last forever. Right. It will not last forever. It's not going to be Fenway Park. So at some point, the Chiefs will move on. But is this the opportunity? And I feel like it is. I feel like it's that time to move on somewhere else. Arrowhead Stadium is a dump. At least I would say the northeast part of it. Or is it northeast, northwest, northeast? I know it's angled. I think it's northeast. Like that part of it, it's like they didn't decide to do anything with it, but the southwest side has been worked on quite a bit. They just forgot about the northeast side. That's where all the slums go. Man, and you know, that's where I'm always at. (laughs) I'm walking, I'm like, where 
am I? I I love Arrowhead for the history and for just everything that that I've seen and been a part of in that stadium. I love it. I would really like to see them on the Kansas side just so we could win that argument against Missouri. And, yes, the parking and the exiting and funneling people out, it is horrific. Um, you might as well just stay there. You know? Well, and that, and that poses this question from me. Have either of you been to Kansas Speedway for a race and I'm the not. aftermath after a race? I'm not. Big Steve, Steve has. Can you, can you comment on that? What's it like to get in and out of that place? So the last time I was there, I was about like 16. So I don't know if it's changed very much since then. It might have, but might not. But we waited in line at least a solid three and a half hours before oh. we even got anywhere close to being able to do like road like speed limits anything because we were parked in like a very close lot so everybody behind us went out first and sure it was i i took a nap and then woke up and was like we're still here why are we still here Uh, you've okay so you've got sportings or stadium there you've got the uh minor league baseball park that's there you've got kansas speedway there legends you have uh, hollywood casino right and, and and i'm just looking at it from the from the uh infrastructure standpoint that you would hope that there would be a better parking infrastructure than what you would have at arrowhead but that doesn't sound like that that's in place it, there either just the current location nobody has ever tried it seems like to do anything with that area i have never understood that i have never understood that and 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 you know, that comes from someone whose family literally stayed at the Holiday Inn across from the stadium complex one time. We did it one time because we went to Worlds of Fun the next day on family vacation. And even then, you just kind of felt like, this is it? It's it. You know, there, there's nothing there. Yeah. There never has been anything there. And it's just it, it, weird. It makes no sense. It's right. weird. It's it, just weird. I mean... At least in Green Bay, you understand. Listen, they built the dang stadium inside of inside a neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, all right, that's yeah. going to be problematic. But the thing but- is, I mean, Lambeau does have, as far as I know, it's like a Texas Live. What they have down in Arlington, like they have some sort of that around Lambeau Field. Like they have places to go after the game. You don't have to exactly get in your car and leave right after. You can go to this restaurant and go to the bars or something. Mm-hmm. At least I have that at Lambeau. But I mentioned like Fenway Park. Oh. Fenway Park has a whole bunch of things around it where you can go after the game and, and chill out. Wrigley, Wrigley Field oh is another, is another like, example. It's, of that. I mean, like, Wrigley is almost a, just an experience in its own. Where you're, I mean, the baseball kind of goes secondary where you're hanging out. It's an amazing spot. I will say Soldier Field was weird. You have to walk to Soldier Field. Soldier Field is weird for a number of reasons, <laughs> given the situation there. Right. And speaking of, Roger Goodell holding his press conference right now at the owners' meetings, mentioning that he thinks it's perfectly fine that the Bears are looking into potentially moving away from downtown Chicago. It's odd. It, you are walking with a huge group of people from downtown Chicago, like Mag Mile area-ish, to the Soldier Field, and it just seems... Odd. It's just it doesn't seem like an NFL experience, and also that area out there by Legends. There's really there's really nothing out there in a lot of that spot. So I think you could plop down a stadium, perfect, right there, boom. But it's just no man's land out there. There's a track like around, kind of around the um, Kansas Speedway. It's the first time I've ever driven on mm-hmm. it this weekend. 
where the, it's like 40 miles an hour, but you could go 90 down this road. Yeah. There's nothing out there. It's weird. I think they need something out they, there. It's, it's planning for future expansion, and they just haven't had a need to expand given right. what's gone on with our economy over right. the last three years. Right. I, I again, like I don't want it to make it sound like I'm just in favor of move, like a new stadium just because there's nothing around it. I, I do think it's in a poor location. I, I I still think it's almost best case scenario. The Royals leave in Kansas City. The Chiefs do stay in the Arrowhead in the Truman Sports Complex because they can profit on just the stadium. And, yeah. I mean, people are still going to come. Hon- yeah. Honestly, but, if you take that land where where Kauffman Stadium sits right now, you could plant how many hotels on that alone that could be. Operated by Jackson County, Missouri, right? Or you know that they sublet basically, right? And and have Jackson County, Missouri making a good chunk of money on that, and it would be a much better situation, right? When you walk from those hotels to the stadium, you're uh, like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I gotta sit down, man. This is terrible. I just think it's the perfect time to upgrade, and the For Chiefs sure. will have to upgrade at some time. Hard to believe. Last the doors up, open. Yeah, last major upgrade twelve years ago. Wow. That's I'm talking as a whole stadium. Yeah, they need it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying their last major upgrades where they did the did the complete changeover on the on the uh, northwest side, or as you were putting it, you know where they revamped and put all of the media up top rather than down low where they used to be, and all of that. That was 2010. At the very least, they need to figure doesn't, out a new. Doesn't seem like it's that long. But a new way to get people into the stadium. What they do now it's is it's working. horrible. It takes yeah. way too long to get in the stadium. It, it doesn't work. Man. It's never the stadium's never full when the game starts. Yeah, it's it, a terrible. It's it's just a whole. It's a terrible situation being in line to get into a Chiefs game. Oof. All right, so we're way behind. Let's take a timeout. I do have a new top ten list. We'll do that next. I know this is an old joke, but I've noticed on the KU Hoops Twitter account that they tweeted out a video a couple of days ago of um, them flying into Topeka. And at the airport, fans met them there. Like, well, if they're a subway, why not not flying into Kansas City? That's like two (laughs) miles from Allen Fieldhouse. (sighs) I feel like that'd be a shorter trip. Uh, Yeah, honestly, you would think, right? It's bada bing, bada boom. You're right there. The airport. They wouldn't even even have to rent a charter bus. No. Are, are, are they are they finding a way to geofence those tweets so that the Big Ten doesn't see them? <laughs> Welcome back to the game, Mitch Troy D. Big Steve. <laughs> BS. It's time for my uh, weekly top ten. I didn't do one last week, but you know things happen. Um, especially uh, with this top ten, things did happen. Uh, I did debate a lot of topics on what to do my top ten on this week, uh, but. I would say the uh, you know the news that we that came out a couple of days ago that I think um, really rocked the music industry was the passing of Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of the Foo Fighters. I don't know if I've seen an outpour of sadness, but also respect because I, I I do see a lot of respect for for Taylor Hawkins when I saw all the, uh, the all the things said about him after his passing a few days ago at the age of fifty. Um, Probably the most I've seen since maybe Chris Cornell of Soundgarden passed away. That yeah. might be h- yeah. him. Maybe Chester Bennington. Chester. Um, you know, somebody in that uh, size of rock star. Uh, so people are really shaken up about it. Uh, so I want to do my top 10 favorite drummers. Ah. I think drummers are very underrated for their talent, uh, especially in the hard rock heavy metal genre, which I don't think you find more talent. Uh, when it comes musically, than in hard rock and heavy metal, 
for especially the uh, level of difficulty. Yeah. They play those instruments. Yeah. So I will warn you, if you're not a fan of hard rock and heavy metal, this will not be your segment. You'll be mad. But I did put a lot of hard work into this, so I hope you really enjoy my effort. Number 10. <laughs> so we're, we're on to it right away. And that's Dave Lombardo. So Dave Lombardo is the drummer for Slayer. And um, so he is one of the fastest double kick drums. He's, he's one of the fastest to ever do it, which if you know what I mean by double kick drums, so it's a double bass you'll see right, you know, right in front of the kit, and it's their feet just going, yeah. They have to have the most insane calf muscles ever. Yeah. Right? Dude, that's why you never see a fat drummer. <laughs> you know, those guys are working out. Yeah, they're there. in great shape. Yeah, they're Especially always. Especially the legs. Yeah, they're and always. And they don't have to beasts. run. They get plenty of cardio in. <laughs> Number nine. Oh, I put the wrong clip in there. Oh, I knew no. I knew I was gonna I was gonna mess up at some point, but I think you can pull it up here real quick. All right, here's your number nine. Buddy Rich. No. But Buddy Rich is considered one of the best drummers ever. Fantastic. This is Karen Carpenter. <laughs> yes. Ah, very nice. She's killing it. Ladies and gentlemen, Karen Carpenter. Everybody knows her, and unfortunately, she's no longer with us. But uh, she's known for her. She was known for her voice. Obviously, a very pretty woman. But her drumming was out of this world. Yeah, she smacked. And she also like she's going like she's yeah. going crazy. But she also drums jazz style. So she's underhand with the left with the left stick. Hey, Danny Carey from Tool says that is the correct way to drum. I didn't put him on my list. I don't like him being a KU fan. Hmm. So he kind of, he kind of, oh, he, he blew god. it there. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Number eight. This is where I put Taylor Hawkins. I, I've said it on the show before. Taylor Hawkins to me is a top 10 drummer. For those that didn't know, back in the day, he used to be a touring drummer for Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Wouldn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. This song, man, they get you fired up, boy. Let's do it. Now, for those that have never seen the Foo Fighters live, he he would always perform as a singer. And then he would just switch with Dave. Dave would go play drums, and he would sing a Queen song, usually. And he's got a great voice. He used to be a he used to be the front man of his own band called Coattail Riders. They also play a little drums here and there. All right. Of course, Dave Grohl was a drummer in Nirvana. Yes. Very good drummer. But Taylor Hawkins, very respected because he could play any style of drumming. He could do anything. He could go jazz. He could go uh, funk. He could play, uh, he could do uh, punk style drumming, speed metal. He could do whatever he wanted to. That's how good Taylor Hawkins was. Rest in peace, Taylor. Number seven. So another example of speed drumming. Max Weinberg. Now that is fast. Not Max Weinberg or from the Weinberg 7 or Max Weinberg 7 or whatever. Or the E Street Band. That's Richard Christie from Charred Walls of the Damned. He was also in uh. Death 
He also filled in on Ice Earth. Dream Theater, which is a band you guys might know, Dream Theater, Dream Theater. Uh, and also he filled in for Coheed and Cambria. Ah. But the thing is, Richard Christie is also from the Howard Stern Show. He's from Fort Scott, Kansas, and wow. he was instrumental in getting my job here. Oh, okay. that, yeah, that'll right. yeah, that'll yeah. land you on the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I think we're, that's an easy one. We're shout out to him. Number six. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of air drumming going on in this room. <laughs> well, that's the song you air drum to. Yeah, that's that funny. is the jam. I'm an actual drummer, so I, I love this nice. song. Oh, I should have put Big Steve on here. Live wire. I'm not that good. Honorable mention Big Steve. Honorable mention Tyler Jackson used to work here. Yeah, definitely. This song, love it, dude. And say what you will about this young man. He's a bad drummer, boy. And I like good, bad, that's a good, good drummer. That's a good thing. The... Yeah. the Kit being spun around. Well, that's Crazy. the thing. He's probably, when it comes to drummers, he's maybe the best showman. Sure. Because, I mean, early on, we're talking 80s Motley Crue, of course. And, and, and that's sex tape or not. <laughs> I'm yes. talking pre. Like, he was doing crazy <laughs> things. He was doing these stunts. Like, he... His, oh, yeah. his drum kit turns into a roller coaster. Uh-huh. Yeah. No joke. Tommy Lee. Like, man. when I saw him, like, he had this apparatus that went, like, halfway across the floor yeah. of yeah. the T-Mobile Center. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. Crazy. He did, like, a 25-minute drum solo. <laughs> like, it went too long. Yeah, but yeah, it was oh, also God. a great opportunity to go use the restroom, get another beer, because it was long enough. Right. right? It actually kind of turned into like a techno show at, 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 for a while there. It was so crazy. Oh, I, I think for I think it was maybe six minutes tops at Bramlage when they performed here. But there did it have like a crazy apparatus he had up the, in the had, air? Yeah, it had the spinning apparatus. Just that it was low, more low-key than what you're talking about. Yeah, like, because, remember, this was the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So that was live wire. But also, I would throw in, like, Looks That Kill. That's oh, another oh, great yeah, drumming yeah. performance there by Tommy Lee of Motley Crue. Number five. Vinnie Paul. Met him. Rest in peace. What did you say, Troy? Oh, sorry. I got all fired this, up. Okay, so from Pantera, he was also in Hell Yeah. He performed at R.C. McGraw's with Hell Yeah. <laughs> and that was almost eight years ago today. As It's eight years ago in two days. Wow. Is when Hell Yeah played at R.C. McGraw's. I was front row and center. Somebody just left it wide open, so I took it. I remember that show... So, like, McGraw's put, like, security up there, like, in between the stage and the guardrail. And the place was going so nuts, moshing, going crazy for hell yeah, that the security was trying to pull the gate back. Like, they were struggling because people were partying, man. Wow. And Big Steve, help me out. I'm trying to remember the lead singer of hell yeah. He was in Mudvayne. I, is his last name Gray? Um, I think. Okay, now I'm second guessing. Hold on. But anyway, he was like, he was telling the crowd, he was like, he was telling the security, security, get out of here. We don't need you. We're gonna be fine. <laughs> Chad Gray. Chad, Chad Gray. Gray. Thank you. He said, "Listen, we got it covered. We've done this before." That was the best show I saw at McGraw's. That was so much that fun. That was cool. That was so much fun. All right, uh, Vinny Paul is just out of this. He was out of this world. Really good. Uh, let's see. Number four. It's gotta be 
it's it's got to be up there in my opinion the top five songs for the drums performance sure and this is alex van halen of van halen His drum kit was always really unique as well. I believe he had four kick drums up front. Dang. He's getting it done. I mean, I know that we play it a lot on K-Rock, but Van Halen kicks major butt. I mean, come on, man. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. How would you like to be Eddie's little brother knowing that you had to figure out a way to keep up with him. Him. Actually, uh, uh, Alex is the older brother. My bad. Oh, even worse. Still, though. Two years older. Even worse. You got to keep up with little brother. You're like, dang it. Right? (laughs) Anyway. Love that. It's a great drum performance. Yes. Alex Van Halen. Incredible. Panama is really good for the jumps. Uh I hate jump, but it's a good drum song. Hot for Teacher, I never get sick of because it's almost a perfect song. It's a great song. For the genre. Yes. For the genre, it's so good. All right. Uh, Three, two, and one was no debate for me. Number three. Ian Pace of Deep Purple, White Snake, Black Sabbath. Burn. Burn by Deep Purple is an incredible song that shows off the talent of Ian Pace. Killing it. Yeah. You know, and that's one of those things that He's probably doing that in the studio, and everybody else is like, oh my god, let's go, yes, yes! I was reading an article earlier today that stated that this is one of the hardest songs to play drums on. Yeah. Because Ian Pace is blazing fast. Right. Like, the way he zips across the kit, insanely fast. (laughs) Oh, man. He's actually one of the first to ever do that, you know, like, do the breakdown, the... Whoa. He's like, I invented that. He was like a trailblazer for that, I did that. All right. That was number three. I'm sorry, Ian. We're going to cut you off because... Number two. Yeah, buddy. John Bonham. Yeah. The Led drummer. Zeppelin. I could just listen to this. Yeah. Now, this song is called Moby Dick. Not a lot of people know about this. I'm sure a lot of people do, but I would imagine like the casual listener of of Led Zeppelin might not know this song. Didn't get a lot of radio play, but it's also an instrumental. It's awesome. But it's a great example of John Bonham and how dominant he could be on the drums. He he had the jazz influence just like the rest of the band. I mean, Van, or, uh, Def Leppard. Or Def Leppard. Led Zeppelin. I don't know why I'm rattling off all these different <laughs> names, but uh, Led Zeppelin would always say that we ripped off a bunch of jazz people. Absolutely. Songs. Absolutely. If a 20-minute drum solo, you can't handle that on strong acid, man. But Number finally, one. this goes to no surprise.
sounds like two guys are playing drums, Absolutely. not one. Yeah. You ever seen? Speaking of kits, you ever seen his kit? I've seen it. In, I've seen it live and in person. Ooh, there's like tiny little symbols. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's got it all, man. Neil Peart, not Pert. Right. It is Neil Peart. R.I.P. Of Rush, another one that passed way too soon. But um, I mean, of course, Tom Sawyer is an incredible performance Oof. on the drums. I, you know, brought in that part for a specific reason. But uh, yes, he probably had the biggest drum kit you could find out there. Uh, he, when I saw him in concert, not one, not two, not three, but four drum solos during the show, <laughs> and they're all just com- incredibly fascinating. The last one he did was at the end of YYZ, which is another great example of just great drums. But also, I'd throw in Spirit of Radio and Free Will. Oh now, yeah, two baby. other great tracks that had Neil Pert all up in you yeah. <laughs> with the drum performance. <laughs> Hey, first of all, Danny Carey off the list, very angry. David Severia from Corn, very angry. You know, Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine, very angry. Uh, that he's left off. Again, I said my favorite drummers. That's, that's right. I didn't say the greatest drummers of all that's time. True. No, I just went true. with my personal and I top ten. These are usually just personal top tens anyway. And I respect that. All right, quick break. I'm disappointed. No Phil Collins. Well, <laughs> there's the door. Leave. Oh my God. I got him. I got him. I left (laughs) off Phil Collins because I wasn't going to praise a guy for five seconds of drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this Phil Collins guy you're talking about? He drummed. No, he was on the uh, Lion King soundtrack. John just dropped the moment. Wasn't that great? That was good. (laughs) I can't believe you left off. Number one song of the day next. Big Steve, have you ever heard of the monkeys? Heard of them, never listened to them. Well, you're listening to them right now. From 1966, last train to Clarksville by the monkeys, one week at number one. Formed in 66 in LA, a rock and pop band. With the lineup of Mickey Dolenz, Michael Naismith, I believe, or mm-hmm. Neesmith, uh, Peter Tork, and of course, Davy Jones. Davy Jones, the reason why David Bowie was named David Bowie. No way. Yeah, because Get he, out of town. No, his name was David Jones, and so, because Davy Jones of the Monkees already had it. And he was like, wait a minute. I can't beat... I can't, oh, wow. Of That's course, good. Davy Jones, a star in the role of the Brady Bunch movie. Yes. I mean, that... Rocket ship straight to Absolutely. <laughs> uh, of course, they really started out as a fictitious band on a TV show, The Monkees, that ran for two seasons, 58 episodes, on NBC from September 66 to March of 86. Or 68, rather. I'm sorry. 66 to 68. Um, you know, the TV show, the series centered on the adventures of the Monkees, a struggling rock band in L.A. with the four I mentioned. And uh, they would get into these uh, elements of a storyline that provided by the strange and often surreal encounters that the band would have while searching for their big break. Mm-hmm. Troy, have you ever watched the Monkees? I've never seen an episode. No, I've not. 
DG? I, yeah, I've seen the episode of the monkeys. It used to be on, um, like Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. And, really? Uh, yeah, way back in the day, and I, it was. As a little kid, it was way over my head. I, I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, so when they recorded their music, they did not play the instruments. They would have session musicians. One of them on the albums was Glenn Campbell. No! Dude, I'm learning a lot. This is a good one. Okay. He, he was one heck of a session musician before he got his opportunity. And he's like, they're like, hey, you're a session guy, guy for the monkeys. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, and I'm then sure got Glenn really Campbell well. was never recognized for being on the Monkees record. <laughs> no, he was not recognized for that. He was recognized for being a Beach Boy. Was he a Beach Boy for a minute? For a hot minute. Wow. Yeah. Well, then I get out. Wouldn't uh, you, uh, instead of dealing with Mike Love? That'd be terrible. Hey, I got a song about Man in Kansas, and then I get out of here. <laughs> That's what he got kicked out of the Please band. leave. You mean Manhattan Beach? Manhattan Beach, California boy. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so the TV show got a 7.4 on IMDb, won two Emmy Awards in 67, including Most Outstanding Comedy Series. Mm-hmm. But as a band, after they uh, the show ended in 68, they had many reunions, many tours, TV specials over the next 35 years. Wow. And um, the band sold more than 75 million records worldwide, 13 studio albums, 12 top 40 hits. This is their first of three Number ones, and it's from their debut studio album called The Monkees. It's their only single off that album, so that tells you this was their first single ever. So this song was actually written. They did not write their own songs. It was a group of songwriters. But this song was actually written as a protest to the Vietnam War. They had to keep this quiet in order to get it recorded and on the show. But it is about a guy who gets drafted and goes to fight in the war. The train is taking him to the to an army base, and he knows he may die in Vietnam. At the end of the song, it does state, quote, I don't know if I'm ever coming home. Oh, wow. Deeper song than I thought it was. Never knew that until today. Jeez. The last train to Clarksville was featured in seven episodes of the band's television series. Yeah, it was one of those that was like a, that was a lot of time. And it was like a montage song. Where they're like running around and go, oh, I don't know, go through this door, here comes everybody else. You know, that kind of deal. And yeah, 